Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the sermons from Sunday Worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, November the 12th, is A New Pair of Glasses and is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister at First Baptist. The scripture text is Matthew 5, verses 6 through 8. scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 5 as we continue on our preaching series on the Beatitudes. I'll be reading verses 6 through 8. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the word of the Lord. The SEC network, it just means more. Have you heard that? Uh, what does that mean? It just means more. My dad has started saying that every time we talk, he'll say, the game is on the SEC network. It just means more. <laughs> what does it mean? It means, it means more than all those loser conferences, right? Everyone's leaving the Pac-12. We have got it going on. We are better. It just means more. Now, of course, other conferences would do the same thing. Other, this is what we do as human beings, isn't it? We'll take our experience, make it the uh, level line, make it the measuring stick, and then we love to prove ourselves superior to others. You don't really have to teach people to do that. We kind of do that naturally, don't we? We used to say, my dad can beat up your dad. I don't think we do that anymore, and certainly my kids don't do that. <laughs> I can eat more sugar than your dad, but that's different. We tend to look at the world through, you might say, uh, not bifocals, but two colored glasses, rose-colored glasses and dark-tinted glasses. For many of us, the rose-colored glasses is for us and those we love, the things we like, and everything else is viewed through kind of a dark lens. Little kids are suspicious of strangers, and that's, that makes sense. Strangers can be dangerous, but that can harden. That little bit of suspicion of things that we're unfamiliar with can harden into a kind of knee-jerk contempt. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Therefore, it must be bad. Some people can get it a little reversed and can look at themselves through the dark glasses, through contempt, self-contempt, self-hatred, and look at others through rose-colored glasses. Wouldn't it be great if I could be like that person? Wouldn't it be great if I had that kind of life instead of my own 
the problem with the rose-colored glasses and the dark-colored glasses is they can cause us to miss out, miss out on the truth. The title for the sermon, A New Pair of Glasses, comes from the book by Chuck C. Uh, it's, uh, Bobby Monk gave me a copy of this book, and it says that very often we live in our world with this principle of contempt prior to investigation, and that that kind of lens, that kind of dark lens will keep us from learning anything, from growing, from ever knowing the truth. The rose-colored glasses, on the other hand, can keep us blind too. My wife, Elizabeth, who's a therapist, says that through rose-colored glasses, you don't see the red flags. Pretty good. You can find her information on eliascounseling.org. We can miss out on our own red flags. We can miss out on the things that we would rather not see about ourselves, about our tribe, our political party, or even the SEC. Rose-colored, dark-colored. What we need and what I think Jesus is calling us to have in the Beatitudes is a new pair of glasses. A new pair of glasses that sees differently. That sees hungering and thirsting for righteousness. See, a lot of times we don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. We can be smug. We've got it. And is there anything more smug than a really confident Christian? My church, my denomination, my way, my style of worship, we have got the truth. So why would you hunger and thirst for more if you've got it? You wouldn't. And so we stay kind of satisfied, self-satisfied, maybe looking at ourselves through rose-tinted glasses, missing real problems. Molly G. did our 11th step talk this week, and she talked about this principle of in the 12 steps in AA, progress, not perfection. What's that mean? It means I'm not perfect yet. Obviously, we're not longing to grow. A lot of times we don't want progress because we think we've got perfection. We've already got it. It's in our possession. We've solved it. Our views are right. We have all the right opinions. I was, went to a basketball game Friday night. Dogs look good. I thought, why do we need a coach? This guy behind me, he knew what everyone should do <laughs> on every play. I thought, we found it. We could save some money. Hire this guy. We hunger and thirst. It's progress, not perfection. We can look at ourselves and others, but especially ourselves, because that's the person we have the most influence on, with a hunger and thirst for more, with a righteousness we do not yet have. And that means if it's progress, not perfection, in order to progress, we're going to have to see when we do things wrong. We're going to have to see where we fall short, have to see 
where we can grow, but that gives us a chance. It gives us a chance. It gives God space to work. The second pair of lenses, so that was the rose-tinted, the dark-tinted. Jesus invites us to look at others through the lens of mercy, to make mercy instead of knee-jerk contempt, knee-jerk mercy. For mercy, compassion, kindness to be the first thing that we see when we look at others. Because we are also in need of mercy, right? We are merciful so that we can receive mercy because we need it. All of us need it. Sometimes we're not aware of it, but we live by it. We require it. Sometimes we can forget that we need mercy. I heard one man say that his main spiritual practice, the way that he prays in the morning, is to get up, look in the mirror, wash his face, look back in the mirror and say, you're not so hot yourself. And he said, that's been the secret to a happy marriage, to better relationships at work, remembering we need mercy. So, We ask for a new pair of glasses. Instead of looking at others through the worst possible lens, we look through the lens of mercy to understand that everybody is fighting a great battle. Everyone we meet is struggling against something. Paul says in Ephesians, it's not flesh and blood who are our enemies, but the powers and principalities. The person who is mistreating us or doing evil is in the grip of evil themselves. So we can look through the lens of mercy and kindness. Now, we have to be careful because looking through a lens of mercy does not mean, it does mean we look with compassion. It does not mean that we don't expect people to face consequences for their actions. If we do that, our mercy becomes really not mercy, it kind of becomes sympathy. And it can easily become enabling. Our being nice, our trying to only be nice to somebody can end up inflicting harm. Mercy does not say, you're in trouble and I feel bad for you. Mercy prays for some way to help someone out of it. You can think about ways that we can enable bad behavior in all kinds of ways, sometimes through good intentions. I'm going to give you just, it wasn't really silly in our life, but it, but it will sound silly now. When I was a very young pastor, I really struggled doing this, preaching every week. I ran out of all my good ideas three weeks in, and then I was in trouble. And I had to work really hard, and I was having to get used to being judged by 150 people all at once. I'm used to it now. And I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. This is what happens. This is what this is for. Do I like it or not? I don't know if I like it. Do I like that dye? His hair looks worse. Okay. So I was kind of having an adjustment period. And every Sunday afternoon, I would go home, the kids were small, and Elizabeth would listen to me 
dissect every moment of the worship service. What went well? What didn't go well? Did that make sense? Did they like that? Was that a good, was that part of the sermon good? Hours. And at first, I think she thought she was doing me a favor because sometimes you need to process things. And probably for the first 10 times, it was kind of a favor. But eventually, her kindness to sit there and listen to me agonize over these details wasn't kind. It wasn't helpful. It just helped me stay in my own kind of self-consciousness, my own narcissistic uh, neuroses, whatever whatever your diagnosis is. That's what I was stuck in. The merciful thing was when she said, stop. I don't want to listen to this. And then, you know, after months of crying, I realized, I realized, you know, that wasn't really helping me. I don't have to say it. I can let go of my performance in the worship service. I can trust God. This, all this is doing, this analysis is feeding my ego. To be merciful in that case meant letting me struggle a little bit. We are called to look with mercy, but it is not mercy that is just sympathy. It's a mercy that's like God's, which always pursues healing, that always pursues healing, that always wants the best for people. If we artificially say, set limits to the work of God in people's lives, we can say, well, they'll never get better. They'll always be like this. There's nothing, they're really not responsible. We can be merciful and expect people to grow into responsibility for their actions. You can apply that, I think, in lots of different ways in our society. But the key point is that we pray for a new pair of glasses so that we can look at others with compassion, even if, depending on our role, we allow them to face consequences because consequences in the hands of God can be not torture, but surgery that is pain in the interest of healing. We pray for these glasses and we keep wearing them. And you know what happens over time? It's amazing. Not because we do it, but because God does it. The glasses began to affect our eyes. And we begin to see through a lens of love, through a lens of mercy, through the lens of truth. And when we do that, we get a taste of the kingdom of God where there is mercy and peace and healing for me and for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.